0: book burnings, always the forerunners, heralds of the steak, the ovens, the mass graves, Geraldine Brooks, People of the Book. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today's episode looks at a way in which history has been revised over the millennia that we haven't really talked about here before, book burning. We've discussed many times how history has been altered by the victors who wrote it, how myths creep in over the centuries, and even how political correctness In our current day can cause the rewriting of events of the past in light of our new so-called enlightenment but throughout history down to the present day some have taken a more direct and hands-on approach to shaping history in the image they prefer with the burning of books and libraries the most prevalent and sadly successful method book burning has existed for as long as the written word has existed with an account prominently recorded in no less a chronicle than the Bible itself. In chapter 19 of the Acts of the Apostles, we read this in verses 18 to 20. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they had calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas, A drachma was a silver coin worth about a day's wages. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. I've heard this passage since I was a child, and frankly, I never gave it much thought, which is odd since I'm a book lover and opposed to censorship of any kind. Yet, in this brief account, we see the spread of Christianity directly linked to the destruction of a rival point of view through the burning of that rival's texts. This happened to a great many classical works as Christianity advanced across the Roman Empire, yet we never discuss it. Let a mob in Karachi or Tehran burn a Bible, however, and we call for the 18th Airborne Corps to avenge the sacrilege. The same is true from the other side, of course, if there's a desecration of a copy of the Quran. We seem to be fine with the suppression of a view as long as it's not our view. I don't think that because I started with a Bible passage and mentioned both Christianity and Islam, that this is an episode focused on religion. From the Christian destruction of pagan texts, to ISIS's burning of libraries with anything that runs counter to their interpretation of Islam, this conflagration is entirely about controlling the historical narrative. The fewer competing viewpoints your particular movement has to contend with, the easier it is to claim that your movement alone is right, and in both Christianity and Islam, that movement is always as much political as religious. From the early popes to the current Christian conservatives in America, views that contradict theirs are a threat to political power and must be stamped out, erased from history. This has even gone to absurd lengths, such as the burning of Harry Potter series books, because they talk about witchcraft. This effort to control history through flames goes far beyond any religious aspect, of course. Let's look at just a few instances where governments attempted to not simply rewrite, but completely erase the history of a people, group, or ideology through the destruction of books. Number one, the Nazis in the 1930s. Maybe the most famous example today of mass book burning by a totalitarian regime in an effort to erase the history of their opponents is the Nazi book burnings of the 1930s. On April 8, 1933, the Propaganda Office of the German Student Union, which was simply the student arm of the regime, declared a, quote, nationwide action against the un-German spirit with a literary purge or cleansing by fire, end quote. Included in the list of items to be destroyed were any books containing leftist, communist, democratic, or Jewish thought. On May 10, 1933, the students burned roughly 25,000 books, after which Joseph Goebbels declared that the era of extreme Jewish intellectualism is now in an end. You do well in this midnight hour to commit to the flames the evil spirit of the past. Now we know now that this was simply the first step in an attempt to erase the Jews from history at the ultimate cost of six million lives. Number two, Joseph McCarthy and the Red Scare in the United States, 1953. During the frenzy created by Senator Joe McCarthy's hunt for communists in every sphere of American life, a list of pro-communist writers was compiled And even President Eisenhower agreed that all materials by communists and fellow travelers should be removed from State Department libraries overseas. This removal, often by burning, occurred in libraries across the United States as well. Even Hemingway's classic, For Whom the Bell Tolls, was targeted as being pro-communist. To his credit, Eisenhower quickly changed his opinion, urging Americans in June of 1953, don't join the book burners. Don't be afraid to go in your library and read every book." End quote. Number three, the destruction of the libraries of Sarajevo, 1992. Considering how recent this event is, it should be well known. Yet as with much of the Balkan Wars of the early 1990s, the first in Europe since World War II, the world turned a blind eye. Libraries have often been casualties of bombings, and often without any sinister motivation. Such was not the case in Sarajevo. Both the Oriental Institute and the National and University Library of Bosnia and Herzegovina were intentionally targeted by Serb nationalist forces and firebombed into rubble, the first in May 1992 by Serb artillery overlooking the city and the second in August 1992. The losses were staggering. More than 1.5 million books, including 4,000 rare volumes, 6,000 original manuscripts, tens of thousands of Ottoman-era documents, and 100 years of Bosnian newspapers and journals. The reason the Serbs destroyed the libraries is simple. Like the tragic ethnic cleansing that took place throughout the war, the Serbs destroyed the libraries in an effort to erase the history of a multi-ethnic Sarajevo and Bosnia. The Serbs sought nothing less than to crush the cultural identity of a centuries-old society and replace it with one in which only Serbia and its history and culture were remembered. Bosnian theater director Gradimir Gojer called the destruction of the libraries quote, a triumph of barbarism and the death of cohabitation of Muslims, Orthodox, Orthodox Catholics and Jews that had existed in Bosnia for centuries, end quote. The Serbs ultimately lost the war, but the damage they did during the war to that peaceful multicultural coexistence has remained, made worse because the books and documents that prove it existed are gone. There are countless more examples throughout history of the destruction of libraries and the burning of books as a means of rewriting or erasing history, from the Mongol destruction of the Great Library of Baghdad to the Viet Cong burning of South Vietnamese books following the fall of Saigon. And while Franklin Roosevelt once said, books cannot be killed by fire, this isn't always the case. We have to remain vigilant regarding our books and libraries, perhaps even more so today, when it doesn't take fire to destroy a book but simply clicking on a few links. And we should always remember Ray Bradbury's warning that you don't have to burn books to destroy a culture. You just have to get people to stop reading them. So keep on reading and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.